right, welcome back to Batting Around. I'm co-host Jane Ost, and with me, as always, is Lauren. Hey, Lauren. I'm Lauren. That's Lauren. Uh, and Steven. Hey, Steven. Yo. Steven, you must be in, like, a much better mood lately, right? <laughs> um, I guess. You get, you guys, your, your team wins 10 out of 11, and I guess is the best that you get. Um, I live in constant fear that the moment I give <laughs> up my uh, um, pessimism uh, that my soul is going to get crushed. But, uh, yeah, um, embarrassing the Nationals in such a delicious way has been quite nice. Good, I'm happy for you. I really am. Yeah, no, 10 out of 11, like, they're they're on a little streak here. We'll talk, we'll talk like, a little bit about, you know, the Phillies and their chances here in a bit. Um, Lauren, I understand that you have a new segment that you want to introduce to the show. I do. I do. The segment is uh, Things I Think Are Cool. Uh, that's what I'm calling the segment right now. Um, that is not a TBD name. That's what I'm going to call it forever. Um, and I'm just, I, It's a question about what's going on in the league right now uh, that I think is going to surprise people who follow it closely, but not super closely. Um, which player, I'm asking you guys, you two, who leads the league right now in uh, 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 weighted on base percentage, WRC+, plus slugging, and ISO. Um, Give me a guess. Who do you think? Who do you think it would be? Um, like big power hitter guy. Like who's leading the league in home runs right now? Like I mean, yeah, you think it'd think. be like you know, like Nelson Cruz or something like that. But like, I don't know. The way you're talking about this, like I, I'm, I'm inclined to think. Yeah, that like, I'm trying to throwing I'm us into a gotcha. Trying to reverse here. engineer it. Like who would be a weird choice? It's not weird once you hear it. It makes total sense once you hear it. And in fact, Stephen, you probably you're probably sick of watching him at this point. Oh, oh, it's Trey Turner, isn't it? No, it's Juan Soto. Oh, okay, that would He's, be my other guess. I don't hear too many positive stories out of the Nats these days. Yeah, but it's it's unfortunate because the Nats are terrible, and he's played like 15 fewer games since he had that COVID scare. But he's hitting the absolute crap out of the ball. He's got a WRC plus over 200, isolated power of 404. And it's only like a 330 bad, but it's not like he's like getting crazy lucky. He's also second and on base behind Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt's the current baseball on base percentage leader. Another guy that like no one's talking about. Anyway, that's my segment. Thanks. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Thanks um, for thanks for making us just sit here just being like, uh, uh, uh I don't want to sound stupid. Shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I don't know shit, so I don't want to embarrass well, I'm, myself. I'm sorry you didn't do your research before the episode. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, just yeah, scanning fan graphs and shit nonstop until we until we started up here. I wanted to take a nap, you know. Yeah, the the Nationals, the Nationals are they look dead. They look like a helpless team that is drowning. Um, but Juan Soto and Trey Turner have been the only parts of that entire team that have been remotely like terrifying to opposing yeah. teams. At least yeah, they, from the attention I've been paying them. It's no, it's pretty much just them. Um, the rest of the team is 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 rightfully taking like the whole year off as like a victory lap uh, for the World Series win. And why not? You know, it's like it's not a it's not a yeah. real season to most people. Oh, oh, you admit it. You admit it now. So I said to most people. Well, 
jury's still out on whether it's a real season all right like it may it might be that's true. right that's true i appreciate them just kind of you know taking the time off it's like uh it's like when the capitals won the stanley cup and they were just like partying around the dc area for like three straight days just like you know drinking drinking beer out of the stanley cup and fucking like swimming in uh in fountains and exactly. parks and shit the nationals they really yeah still like doing bar that. high for yeah the nationals like i don't i don't think brian dozier is even still on the team but he like he still hasn't put his shirt back on yeah no they're all still running around like the, the district like tearing through buildings and like uh <laughs> drinking out of giant shoes and, and just it's it's actually a huge covid <laughs> risk factor it's incredibly dangerous we're all very concerned but um yeah nationals not good right now oh well no there's a lot of teams that are incredibly not good right now the standings are kind of solidifying like what the playoff picture looks like right now we're a month out of it um out of the the end of the regular season most of the divisions <laughs> look look pretty locked up at least who's going to the playoffs from them anyway yeah like i'm looking at this and the seating of course is going to be all over the place sure but i can't see any team that's in a playoff position now not in one at the end of the season except for maybe miami i don't know i still I'm still holding on hope that Miami's going to fucking regress. Yeah, like I yeah, that last spot in the the last spot in the NL wild card uh, does look kind of up for grabs here. Like I'm really excited for an under 500 team to qualify for the postseason. I'm really excited for it to be the Yankees. I I couldn't possibly have that much hope in my heart for in, something no. as objectively cool as that. N- no, as great as it would be if the Yankees didn't miss it, I mean, it, that depends on the Detroit Tigers getting their shit together um, in the last, you know, 20 games or whatever. No, I think the I think the Yankees make it just as an under 500 team. They're 5-5 they're five and five in the last 10 games. They're, they're not playing fantastic. They're, they're, the Blue Jays just took over second, or uh, are second they're in the standings. Tied. They're tied. And yeah, they're, they have the same exact record right now. And their two best players are, are still on, on the DL indefinitely. God. I mean, we can dream. That would be really fun. That would to, be to see the Yankees not make it. That would make this season automatically the best <laughs> in quite a while. <laughs> oh, it'd be so fun if it. Yeah, it gets expanded to sixteen teams and the Yankees don't make it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I was gonna say I don't think it necessarily happens, but um, in the interest of, of issuing out one hot take, I'll go ahead and stand by this: Yankees not making the postseason. Book You're it. out, Yankees. You're done. Yeah. That's our that's our lock of the week. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm tired of Yankees Red Sox. I'm I'm looking for a Rays Jays rivalry, like a hot like marquee rivalry of the AL East. Rays Jays. That would be a lot more fun because I bet those games don't last four and a half hours every time. No. Oh God. The AL West looks pretty locked up. Like <laughs> the Mariners are pretty far outside of second place. Um, the AL Central is kind of fun because, like, all the, the top three teams are all within a half a game of each other. Yeah, the AL Central is weird because, like, it's it's all good, kind of, except for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, can't yeah, Kansas City's pretty garbage. Um, the Tigers aren't really 
that great, but they <laughs> they're, they're, they're not they're not an abject embarrassment, which is a, which is a surprise no. and unexpected. Going into the regular season, um, before all the stuff with COVID hit, I think the Tigers had like you know like the betting line on them was to win like fifty three games or something. Uh-huh. It was really really dire <laughs> for them. So now that they're you know two games outside of uh, the last wild card spot. Like that's not that's not so bad <laughs> for for them. And there's six games up on Boston. The White Sox, the uh, you know Cleveland, and the Twins all are really really close, and they all have games against each other um, still left to play. That's gonna be a lot um, of fun. So that one, is, yeah, that is gonna be like a ton of fun. Um, and then the the White Sox and the Twins, I know both have like series against the Cubs coming up right at the end. So like there's gonna be a lot of really really good baseball. Oh wait, hold on. The Twins are on a four-game winning streak. Last time I checked, they were like in free they had a fall. six. Yeah, no, they had a six-game losing streak, um, and then they they which they snapped uh, in game two of their series against the White Sox earlier this week. Um, then because they, they got back uh, Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson, who have been producing uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty well. Like their big problem that's one of their big problems has been uh, that they haven't been hitting left-handed pitching very well this season uh last year they had like the highest ops against lefties like by far they were incredible against lefties and it's just not happening this year even like big right-handed sluggers like miguel sano and stuff are not hitting left-handed very well that helped a little bit i mean they they, yeah they they had they had a really good three-game series against the white Sox, um which which they they kind of needed to get back in the standings because they dropped from first place in the division um like with a pretty strong lead to third place real fast all right that's your twins update for the week um but yeah like there's if anything's gonna change i think in these wild card races the national league's a little more loose for sure it definitely is like because right now what it's the it'd be the uh the marlins and the cardinals the cardinals but i mean the cardinals are are still in the middle of their month-long cricket match you know where they're playing every day like i I think on tuesday the twins go down there to play a double header on one day and then go back like they can't like they had to schedule that their road trip that was supposed to be over two days down to one day so the cardinals could play all their other games yeah Um, so they still have so much to catch up on like who who fucking even knows what the cardinals again uh, we we talked. I think I mentioned this last last episode. But once again, the Cardinals have not played as many games as the Dodgers have won. <laughs> then yeah, that's true. Dodgers are thirty and ten right now, just have an absurdly good yeah seven fifty winning percentage. And they're doing it without Cody Bellinger, more or less. Like they're they're How? MVP. Why? MVP last Why year. are they like this? <laughs> I guess I that's think- just you know what happens when you have. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. You like, you're just a ton of money to put into your team, and you actually spend money. They develop those know, guys. Like, yeah, they in don't the have, house. they don't have Cody Pellinger, but they got Mookie Betts now. Corey Seager was in their minors. They developed all those guys in house. They're really good at player development too. They are very, very good at that. I would be, I would be more annoyed if I had any hope that they would like ever win a World Series. Yeah, like, <laughs> I saw someone post today that, like, the Dodgers are going to win 
you know, have the best winning percentage of any team ever. They're going to win the World Series, and then people are just going to decide this doesn't count. Uh, you know, making Dodgers fans. It me. I'm people. even. Yeah, even even more irritable and pissed off online than they constantly have been for years now. It's going to be fantastic. It's not like they lost oh. two World Series against confirmed cheaters or anything. You know, whatever it happens. <laughs> no one's bitter. I posted something about you, Darvish, the other night, and someone is like, yeah, except he's not good in Game 7 of the World Series. It's like, yeah, I wonder why, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> The baseball gods sub- subject each fan base to an amount of torture that is appropriate for them. So you're, you are saying here that Philadelphia is just a terrible city and deserves what it gets? No, what I'm saying is we are strong. <laughs> We are yeah, strong okay. and can bear okay. this burden. Yeah, it's it's a crucible that you're <laughs> that you're put into. Yeah, okay. I don't see. I don't know. It's that 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 last place in the NL wild card just like doesn't even seem like it should be there because like it's just between the Rockies who have been terrible lately. Um, they've they've fallen quite a bit. I mean, it didn't ever seem like it was sustainable. How are they that close to 500 after how they've been playing recently? I really don't know. And then, yeah, the Cardinals, who knows? I mean, the the Reds just insisted that they weren't, uh, or the Reds insisted that they were playoff um, contenders uh, and didn't do anything at the trade deadline. You look at the team, you're like, okay, I could see that. And then, like, every day you watch them play and they're just like, oh. Yeah, no, Reds have been Reds have been terrible. They didn't, they didn't deal Bauer like everyone <laughs> was expecting them to do. God. Um, the 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 Marlins like I don't know it's just weird it's just weird thinking of playoff contender Marlins after you know the uh-huh. last couple years of seeing what that organization's been like. If they win this World Series, I'm gonna fucking quit. Just quit. I'm just gonna <laughs> quit. <laughs> we we touched on it, but I want to dig a little deeper into this. The phenomenon of all these fucking teams missing games because of COVID and needing to make them up and the absurd amount of doubleheaders that they've been playing lately. There were five doubleheaders on uh, uh, yesterday, on Friday. And, th- well, that, like, five doubleheaders is really cool, except none of them started before two. Really annoying, because it's just like, if you're going to have that much baseball in a day, make it all day. I want right. to be able to turn on baseball at 11 o'clock and just watch it until I pass out uh at two o'clock with my in the morning with my eyes bleeding especially when so many people are working from home uh and yeah and not doing a particularly you know meaningful work at home give us something to put on so i had a fun idea one of the coolest things baseball's done recently uh was they decided to make the final game of the season have them all start at the same time which I think is a really mm-hmm. exciting way to ramp up the drama a bit. Now, of course, they're trying to manufacture another situation like Game 162 in 2011, which was iconic. But it like ever like ever since then, there just has not been nearly that level of drama. Um, but I propose, why don't we do all double headers on the final day of the year? It gives the players another day off, and you rest them the day before so that they can do, like, a marathon. You do, like, doubleheaders at different points throughout the season, 
why not finish with a bang and give us uh-huh. give us uh, 30 baseball games in a single day? I love this idea. Have a national day of baseball. Um, would you do it on the Sunday or the Saturday? I think you do it on the Saturday, right? I think that's a Saturday type situation. Yeah, because then, because then, like you can, because then everybody can party and celebrate, yeah. and go all out, and then you have that Sunday off. Because usually that Monday's off too, and then they do like start the wild card games on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Give them an extra day. Just give them all an extra day. Yeah, I, I mean, like if you're if you're putting them through a doubleheader, like give them some rest. But like, like it's a lot of baseball for the teams that are not uh, like very out of contention and like they're just pl- playing out the string. It's just like, oh hey, here's here's like the finale of the, the fireworks display. Like, boom, here it all is, and then we're done. And then for the teams that are in contention, if there are any, if there are any uh, uh, positions that aren't settled yet, that's that's two games. That's a two-game swing in a single day that could get really fucking tense. That's true. That's true. I do like, yeah, I like that a lot. And then, yeah, if you're in, and if you have your spot, like, really, really settled, um, you know, secured, then you have an extra day off then, too. You can really rest those pitchers, uh, so, so you're... Um, Playoff, you know, your playoff appearances will be, like, nice and fresh. And I want to, I also like the idea, I want to add something, build on something Steven mentioned. Specifically, this is for us. For most of baseball's history, the doubleheader was the ultimate in fan value. You're going to pay a wooden nickel and get to see, like, a full day of of entertainment at a time when, like, the most entertaining thing in the world was pushing a a wooden wheel down, down the road with a stick. Yeah, it was like you could you could pay, um, you know, a, you could pay that wooden nickel to go see two baseball games, or you could pay um, like a dime with the president that everybody's forgotten about, like that has been erased by the sands of time, to like see a, a video of uh, like you know a, a film strip basically of like a train. And the train was only like fifteen minutes long. The value you get out of two games of baseball is astronomical. And that's like a uh, that's paying tribute to something that baseball has had almost like until like the very recent frame period of time. What else do we do we want here? Like what one thing that since we brought this up, since we've been taught, we talked about it a little bit in our group DM that where we prepare for the show. Um, not that we really prepare for the show that much, <laughs> um, but what what keeps going through my mind is skills contest. I want a skills contest because there has there is hasn't like really properly been one outside of like a home run derby here for a long time. But like, I want to see those ones where they do like the bunting accuracy contests, things like yeah. that. Yeah, I wanted to see the one from the. I want to see the one from the Japanese league where they have to hit the ball into each of the quadrants. There's like five or six quadrants yes. on the field, and they have to hit to the specific targets. I w- that would be odd. like baseball. Got we we never talk about baseball anymore in terms of like uh, controlling where you take the ball. That would be super fun to see players try to take a whack at that. Because you know the the sabermetric stuff has kind of you know reduced everything down to uh, reduced like a lot of the strategy of the game down to things like rightfully so. I mean the the numbers don't lie, but I do want I do love to see the guys that still have that sort of mastery and control. Yeah, that, that do those, those sort of things. Those real bat to ball skills. Also, yeah, uh, I think as part of this, um, just get rid of the seventh inning um, alcohol cutoff. Let's really lean into this and get yeah. crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't have to go as far as like doing like the ten cent beer night stuff because that always turns into like a riot. But um, yeah, get rid of get rid of that that seventh inning cutoff. And while we're at it, uh, no God bless America during the seventh inning either. 
No. Absolutely none. No. no, cut that. Absolutely not. No. It's it's bad enough that it exists at all, but don't 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 cut into my stretch time. I need to stretch. And on back-to-back games, you'll need to stretch even more. Yeah, I don't need to get dirty looks because I got up to go get another drink um, while something that's not even the anthem is playing. I love the real power move of uh, the real power move of um, sitting during "God Bless America" and standing during um, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Oh, I've done that, and I've gotten, I've done that too. I've gotten yelled at for it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I had some some crusty old lady like make a comment under her breath or something. And she's like, oh, you'll stand for that one, huh? It's just yes. really great. I, I, didn't, I, didn't do, I, didn't, I didn't react. I was just, I just stood there. I, cel- I celebrate the things that are worthy of celebration. Oh, what, el- what else could we, could we add to this National Day of Baseball? I mean, I think this is like, I think we're on to something here. You uh-huh. know, just Saturday doubleheaders all at the same time. Um, make, them, make them cheap. Keep, out, keep the alcohol flowing. You know, a skills contest would be would be fun, not mandatory. So wait, hold on. What? So if we, I, I do want to keep them all going at the same time, but if it's a double header, it'll have to be earlier. So, what do we start? Start the game at three. Start game one at three p.m. Eastern, and then the next game will be at like six ish. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be at like it'd be like six thirty or seven Eastern then. That's doable. Yeah, fuck it. It's on a Saturday. Do it. I like this. I think that this this is gonna this is gonna save baseball. <laughs> no, and I love your point about um, how exciting it is when all the games are you know down to the wire at the same time. And if you've got thirty games uh, going, that's that's really great. Uh, like when you're at the games on the last day of the season, and there's like something that matters. It's really fun looking at like the out of town scoreboards uh, that they have set up. Oh God, and there's nothing better than your team being the spoiler. Oh, yeah. oh yes. That was the highlight of the Orioles season in 2011 when they when they took down the Red Sox. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the trade deadline. Oh yeah, the trade deadline. No, we didn't. Yeah, we should probably talk. <laughs> we should probably talk about the trade right. deadline. That was that was pretty vague. That happened since our last episode. I mean, there weren't let's, a ton let's... of surprises. Like the the guys we kind of expected no. to to need a couple help to need help got it, and the ones we expected to sell for the most part sold. A um, couple weird exceptions like the Nationals and um, and the Marlins. The Marlins bought um, right Sterling Castro. Um, not Sterling yeah. Castro, Marte. Marte. Castro's on there. Yeah, Starling Marte. Yeah, Yeah, and like I said, I was talking about earlier, the Reds did not sell. Um, They did not get rid of Trevor Bauer. But the (laughs) Cleveland sold. Uh, They sold, they they traded Mike Clevenger in a huge trade to the Padres. Cleveland seems to have like an endless supply of amazing starting pitching. Like no matter what they do, yeah. Like, um, but like, like in the last, yeah, in the last two years, like have, have dealt uh, Bauer and Clevenger while they're like in contention, you know. And Kluber. And Kluber, yeah. And Kluber, yeah. yeah. No, they just like have an endless supply of this stuff, but still will produce you know Cy Young candidates all the time. The thing that the Clevenger trade was really interesting to me is that like so much of it didn't seem um, like a, a an on paper trade. Like it seemed like it was like a real clubhouse uh, uh, problem situation like right. if clevenger hadn't done the weird uh covid stuff if he hadn't like lied With to him the team, and Plesak, yeah yeah if that hadn't happened i don't know if they i don't know if they ship him out because he's still under control for another year i think yeah he has another year 
and uh and yeah it's, it's, it's almost like a kind of metsy move like how the mets love to do their like rage dfas like oh, they very. just did to billy hamilton the other day after he had like a um uh like a, he had you know some sort of mess up on the base path i mean he's been hitting like shit too but they <laughs> they just you know he makes he makes a mistake that's a little more visible than all of his other like actual problems and then they just rage dfa him it did yeah. kind of seem like a rage trade with Cleveland there. But I think this one was motivated by the players. I saw a bunch of people saying it was like, uh, it was Lindor and, and uh, other people in the clubhouse who were like, it's, it's, it's him or us. Uh, which I just, you don't see Good that very them. often anymore. But yeah, and then like, uh, Clevenger and San Diego makes so much sense too. Like, this like fake hippie-ish shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you're still extremely, extremely selfish. That, that just kind of, s- s- not with like necessarily teams vibe, um, but like the city of San Diego's vibe, sure. I think that I think that fits. Um, and then the the Blue Jays made a bunch of moves. Yes, uh, they at did the, at the trade deadline, and they got a they got a they got a beefy offense here. Um, and I'm 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 saying that literally, they're just they are big boys. And this is a pro big, big boy podcast. We're not coming from a place of judgment. It's it's uh, and it's, it's it has to be said it's working for them. They're they're playing pretty no, well since the trade deadline. Yeah, they're they are tied up with like with the Yankees. They have the exact same record as the Yankees here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they have they have a <laughs> they've got a they've got a big offense here. Like I mean, Rowdy Tellez, Tanner Roark, uh, Dan Vogelbach, uh, <laughs> uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like all of these guys are like you know. 250 plus just big big boys and then yeah and then rio's with this development he's a big dude just just like the new market inefficiency is is you know making sure that your team is the absolute beefiest it possibly can be i love it um speaking of beefy this has nothing to do with the trade deadline but um yesterday was the return of williams astadio to the twins uh lineup how did that go uh (laughs) <laughs> it went it went well he so he had a covid scare i mean he had a covid um positive test earlier this year and it took him forever to get the two um negative tests in a row before he could come back so he's been at like the saint paul training site only for a couple weeks even um and he came back last night uh and they <laughs> they they put him in to pinch hit in the uh in the seventh inning of a doubleheader uh or maybe his yeah, I think they put him in in the seventh, and uh, he he made the the last out uh, when the the other game was tied, and then was the automatic runner uh, in extra innings. <laughs> uh, and he gets up, and then <laughs> and uh, they make uh, make a couple outs, but then um, and then Marwin Gonzalez hits a single, and we got to see Williams Astadio chug around from second base to home to uh, score the winning run. Uh, loses his helmet and everything, just like just like the classic, you know, the classic GIF and uh, videos from uh, from prior years of of him chugging around the corner, just huffing and puffing. I'm so happy you got to experience that. I'm so happy about it too. He's finally back. <laughs> like he may he may be kind of a fringe player, you know, when all is said and done here. But goddamn, do I love do I love that beefy boy? And this is a great season for fringe guys who are having like total breakout, incredible seasons. It could totally happen yeah. to him too. Like he, yeah. he's, I mean, hopefully, he, hopefully, he gets play some more. But yeah, he was more. He's more of a prospect, or has been more of a prospect than Austin Nola was. It's true, and like the the Twins have had just some catcher woes. Like Mitch Garver was just kind of terrible all season until he got hurt. Um, then Alex Avila, Avila went down um, 
in the second inning of yesterday's game. And so the Twins have been using like uh, their like top catching prospect Ryan Jeffers, who's been right, um, but he seems promising. And then yeah, then then we have Astadio, who is just a, a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> and he was he was catching yesterday at the end of the game too. And don't worry, everybody. Todd Frazier came home. He is once again a Met. <laughs> I, and I saw. I, I liked the tweet that I saw the other day about that, where it was, uh, um, you know, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, and it was like Todd Frazier when he's, you know, like Goodfellas, like right before he gets killed, and it's like Todd Frazier um, being told that he's returning to the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> I I do I do really appreciate how even in this shortened season the Mets have not let up at all on Metsing. They have just continued full force. Uh If anything, harder than before. Right, they have to get it all into 60 games. The Red Sox... Oh God! Social media yes. team had to had to delete forget? a tweet. How could yeah, we forget? Yeah, couldn't couldn't forget this. Um, yeah, so the red the Red Sox social media team uh, on September first uh, put up a a tweet that was a picture of a big red button that said reset and uh, an acronym that that means um, if you know then you know. Uh, which and September first is significant there because that's if the season didn't make it to September first uh, the the uh, luxury tax would not have been reset on them. And they, you know, traded away Mookie Betts uh, to get below the luxury cap. <laughs> uh, they they drew a ton of fire for this on Twitter, of course. A lot of people just uh, making, like, kind of dunking on them for it, um, rightfully pointing out that, you know, they kind of tanked their franchise, uh, got rid of a once-in-a-lifetime sort of talent, <laughs> just to to save the owners a couple million dollars, uh, not even really that much. Like the luxury tax cap is is not even, not even that much. But and of course now they're, uh, I think they're in the bottom of the American League still. Yep. Uh, yeah. Th- uh, three twenty five win percentage right now. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are at three twenty four. So good job, Red Sox. Um, really, really, really happy for you. I think the important lesson here is to always double down on your tweets, never delete tweets, uh, always stand up for what you uh, always um, uh, do, whatever it takes to antagonize everyone that uh, follows you uh, and is ostensibly yes. interested in your life. Um, and just do whatever you can to destroy your reputation uh, at any given day on Twitter.com. Apologizing doesn't help anybody. No, never. So, Don't know, do it. it. Well, speaking of this, there is another Major League Baseball team that tweeted something and then immediately got punished for it. <laughs> Which um, one was that? I am talking, of course, of the Washington Nationals, who, okay. in advance of their series against the Phillies, tweeted a graphic bragging about their record against Philadelphia at, with various benchmarks, <laughs> like their all-time record... Their record since 2012, their record since 2016, and their record since 2019. And um, all of them are really good because the Nationals were very good for those periods of time, and the Phillies were very bad, except for their all-time record, in which they were one game over 500. 
Does does their all all time record does that include like when they were the Expos? No, it doesn't. Okay, um, good. If it I don't did, think any then of that the sh- Phillies would have yeah. a winning record against them. I don't think any of that shit counts when like no. you when you go back to like after team moved. Like I would see stuff like sometimes when people like people talk about the Twins and be like, oh, it's the best uh, Twins pitcher since uh, Walter Johnson of the Washington Senators. And it's like no, that shit does not count. Nah. Who um, cares? But send we can we can send all the old pennants um, to Washington. Like the Nationals can have the, the old Senators shit. I don't care about it. The the key thing to note here is that they tweeted this before playing the Phillies. <laughs> and since they and tweeted the, this Yeah, and then what happened, Steven? Since they tweeted this, um, the Phillies have gone six and zero against them. <laughs> And after every single game, all of Philly's Twitter uh, uh, retweeted this and updated the graphics and, like, all manner of absolute brutal punishment for them. (laughs) Um, I almost feel bad for the person who runs this account uh, because of how much we've been giving it to them. Because even when they tweeted this out, the, the caption is... Beating Philadelphia isn't as hard as Philadelphians say it is, which none. It's kind of I don't know. No, no, no Philadelphian would say that, especially where the team was back on August twenty fifth. When I mean, yeah, t- twelve games ago. Yeah, when we were all like <laughs> in absolute misery, and we all hated this team. Yeah, you like, guys were on death watch. Yeah, exactly. And then this this tweet, I guess it 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 brought the magic out and made the Phillies good, I guess. So thank you at Nationals for your service. Yeah, let's just go we'll go with this magic thinking. I think that kind of is a trait of Philadelphia like this too, is that um is the superstition and the magical thinking. That like that's what the thing the things that are causing like teams to win or lose is um, you know, like stuff like karma (laughs) and uh you know how much god hates you um it's never it's never like you know how well is the team playing right now nothing like that it's it's just how much does god God want to punish philadelphia right now it's 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 either fate or some kind of like cute animal that somehow found its way onto the field like a a rally bug or a rally mantis or a rally i do not want to fucking talk about the fucking rally squirrel do not bring that up (laughs) I won't say it is still I am still dealing with that that was a lot of fun no rally squirrel that's a lot of trauma with the rally squirrel I know it's hard for you I know this is a a personal it ran through Max Kepler's legs it was really cool (laughs) I think my favorite animal ones though is when um like uh like a goose or a seabird uh will will get get like kind of trapped inside the stadium (laughs) Like, and we'll just like, you know, maybe like eat shit hitting the scoreboard or something <laughs> like that. I think that's my favorite or like, yeah, the the ones that are like closer to water when like a bunch of seabirds just kind of know like what time of day games are over and we'll just flock to the empty parts of the stands oh, like to like the, pick over the, the food. The Giants stadium is called now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, AT&T, I think. But that reminds me of my, yeah. my all time favorite story about um, about that situation was, um, uh, Denard Spann giving an interview years and years ago about what thing he hated most about playing at some team. And he's, he mentioned, uh, like, he, he doesn't like birds. He has a thing against birds. 
Um, <laughs> it's a phobia. It's not, it's not taking control. It's just like it's it's a genuine fear he has. Uh, uh, and then he got traded to San Francisco and had to play out in their outfield for like two seasons. And every single game at that park after 7 p.m. has 10,000 seagulls out there. Yeah. <laughs> I have always felt bad yeah, for that he's man. Just... He's che- he's checking his like you know card with all the positioning on it and just hearing like call call like in the background and like I know he's paid well but like two years of like being in mortal terror when you're doing your job I don't know if I could do it yeah no that's <laughs> nobody deserves that <laughs> just get get him out of the NL West like he shouldn't have been there that was he like if the players union had like real strength. Um, he would have been able to put a clause in that, you know, even like before reaching free agency or anything like that. It's just like, keep me, you know, keep me out of the NL West. I want to, I want to play in San Francisco as little as possible. Trade me to a dome, trade me to the Rays, trade me to the Blue Jays. Give me a dome. Imagine a player, imagine a player choosing to play in, in Tampa Bay. Oh yeah. Like he just doesn't, (laughs) he's really concerned about like sun exposure. Like he takes sunblock super seriously, but he's got like an al- he develops yeah. an allergy and has to be traded to the Rays. The the really sad part about that Red Sox thing is that like they've you know they've convinced um, you know whoever's doing social media that probably makes forty thousand dollars a year that like the owner saving a bunch of money is worth destroying the franchise for. Yeah, they like, make twenty three dollars an hour. I applied for those jobs yeah. many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that, that's really great. Just like really, really encouraging of where the, you know, the state of the country is that, (laughs) that will, uh, side with billionaires over, uh, over everybody else's fun. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just extremely cynical, but I was actually kind of heartened by the fact that enough people were pissed off about that tweet to get it deleted. That's true. No, there's something, there's something there too, but it's still like. It's still just fucking sad. But that's not um, that. That's like that. That's what should have happened. I'm just like particularly cynical and expect the worst out of everything. So, well, because yeah, because like all the fantasy stuff has just kind of turned people into like little um, wannabe GMs. Yeah, like they want they want to be those. You know, they want to get that belt, uh, that championship belt that all the teams used to give out uh, secret in secret of. Uh, for how you know how, how well they did at suppressing um, arbitration salaries, I don't think I got anything else here. Yeah, that'll just about do it, I think. Yeah, no, we got like three yeah. weeks of baseball left. It should be good, but um, we're in a good place right now. It it does not feel like we are almost at the end of the season. No, it doesn't. No, it's it, really fucked up. It does not feel like we're in September. No. Yeah, like my brain has not my brain has not switched over to like we're in the home stretch and like. All the games are really important now. Yeah, it's like when global warming like fucks with a, a hibernating bear or with migrating birds, um, and they <laughs> that, come back, like, <laughs> and then and then just like everything just goes to shit. That is an uh, extremely just, good way just, to put it. Yeah, there's just dead dead animals everywhere where there shouldn't be. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Major League <laughs> Baseball 2020, there are just dead animals everywhere. There are just dead be. animals everywhere. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, go follow us on 
Twitter, if you haven't already, at Batting Around. Um, and then go go leave us a review on iTunes. We're up on there. The, the, the five-star reviews, subscriptions, reviews, rate, subscribe, whatever. That stuff does help. It helps, helps boost this up a little bit. So tell your friends. Uh, and send us questions. Mailbag. We like mailbags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah let's do we'd mailbag. love to do a mailbag. We should. We, we, that was fun doing the one last week. Let's do mailbag. Yeah. Send us, you know, send us, uh, you know, on replies on Twitter or DMs to our, our Twitter account um, or, uh, you know, at Lauren. Send a carrier pigeon. Yeah. Do not at, do not at Lauren. I, I do, do not under any circumstances at Lauren. Anyway. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right.